made it. We're here. We're back. We survived our time apart for so long. Yeah, it's time for us to pretend to be friends again for the sake of the <laughs> podcast. You know what I noticed, though, guys? During our time not doing the podcast, the amount of times we texted each other every day went up exponentially. Exponentially, you think? Yeah, because both of you. I mean, I never just text Nick about nothing, but even Nick and I were texting about nothing. And that's when you know Yeah. we just haven't had those good conversations we've been needing to have. Yeah, the podcast is a good way to like open the floodgates a little bit once a week, you know? Yes. So that we don't have to talk to each other throughout the day every other day. Yes. Even though we still do that when we do the podcast, but <laughs> anyway, it's just exponentially less apparently. What's everybody been doing? Dude, um, nothing. Your guys' last two months have been a lot more um, exciting and interesting than mine. I have basically just been sitting in front of a computer and contemplating my existence until I got to talk to you guys again. So (laughs) (laughs) now that we're back, uh, we should talk about what you guys have been up to the last few months. It's crazy that it's been like two months. Yeah. yeah. It, doesn't, it doesn't seem like it was that long. You know, I know you're supposed to say it was longer. I missed it. It feels like it was longer, longer actually. Oh, it does? Not really. And I'm not just saying that, but I don't even remember the last time we, we did this. It just feels like, feels like yeah. it was an exponential amount of time. Oh, wow. <laughs> I thought I was the sweet one in the trio of our boy band that we are. I was just looking for a way to use that word. I feel I feel like it's the word of the podcast. Yeah, we did we did some house shows and and kind of got back on the road a little bit, which was crazy. We uh, were actually able to play some live music in front of real human beings. Almost forgot how. It's kind of a kind of a weird thing for me. I mean, I've thought about this long before uh, we were not able to do it anymore. But it's kind of a weird thing that people will go up on a stage and play these instruments and make sound. And it's such a powerful thing, you know, like Mm -hmm. the idea of performing music is a singing words is if you think about it too much, it's kind of trippy. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Something that's done in such solitude in its conception is displayed very, very publicly, which is very ironic. You know, you're like up there basically disclosing your deepest, darkest thoughts and mm-hmm. people are singing those same words back to you and with you, which is just the weirdest concept ever. But right, I don't remember where we were. We were driving through somewhere, and, and Tyler turns to me and says, you ever think about music being such a powerful thing that people just, the community aspect of it is just insane? And like, as we've been out traveling, we've seen how it affects people again. And like some mm. people had come up and said it was their first show back in a year. And it's just crazy that, you know, they've got tears running down their face. And like, it just, it really is impactful to be back in that space again. And mm. it was a challenge for us too, because we were just trying to figure out how to plug stuff in again, like where the cables <laughs> went. <you know? laughs> yeah. I was going to ask if there was like some, some atrophy there of like relearning yeah. how to even play a show or perform or any of that. 
Yeah, a little bit. I mean, I don't want to speak for Ty, but I feel like the muscle memory was there for sure. But as far as yeah. just like, you know, setting a stage and like, so every, every one of these shows is different. It's a different space every night. You know, it's sometimes you're just on someone's patio. Sometimes you're on a roof somewhere. Sometimes you're on a balcony mm. in a city. Sometimes you're in a pasture in the country. And there's like the challenge of figuring out how to uh, just put everything where the best place is for it to be so people don't trip right. over it and like, you know, hit their face on the concrete. Right. But uh, yeah, we we just had a, had like, I don't know. It was a good time. It was a good time even doing that and just overall felt, felt good to just be able to be back in that space, even though it's not a theater or like a festival or anything, it's still like the closest mm-hmm. that we've been in over a year. So I think mm-hmm. people appreciated it, but. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that was funny, brother. We talked about how I was kind of saying the same things every night, not, just like on stage, you know, I obviously do that. Everybody knows that. You guys know that. But even just when we would get out of the van and start talking to people, I would kind of have the same conversation with them. And I told Nick, that makes me feel like a like a used car salesman in a way, you know. Not, not saying yep. that that's a bad job if that's your job, but I don't know anybody that listens to our podcast that's a used car salesman but nick was like yeah. i actually find a, some comfort in that because if it's really was a different place every night you know on this tour mm-hmm. and uh like he said completely different scenario so it was like we had these little things where you know we always set it up the same we always we were running sound for uh 85 90% of the shows mm-hmm. um so that really made you know, those little things that we had just to count on. Um, and we had the same conversations with everybody. It was always, uh, man, what a weird year, you know, (laughs) like you'd say, you'd say that. And, and a lot of these people we haven't seen for a long time, you know, where we would Mm -hmm. ordinarily see them in their city at a venue or something. Um, but it really was, it's just such a great time. Kind of like a bring your own beer type deal. And, not just beer, but it yeah. was it was fun. I I honestly didn't know because I thought I was kind of nervous about the intimacy of it. Sure. And uh yeah, it was really vulnerable. It, yeah. People made it really cool. I mean, there was never really a backstage, you know what I mean? Like maybe like one right. show, but but I started at question why I needed a backstage so bad, you know, I started Mm. to kind of wonder like, you know what, um, these people all came for a reason. Like Nick said, they came for music and, you know, us being able to talk with people and stuff around that is an important part of it. Cause they want to be like, Oh, these guys aren't just, you know, these guys don't think they're the Beatles. These guys actually want to talk to me, you know, and, yeah, it sounds stupid to say it like that, but I know that's a thing. I'm the same way when I watch bands. I'm like, I wonder if they'll come out, you know, or if yeah, or if we'll see. Well, them. I think it's it's a drastically different thing when you're playing in front of an audience of yes. 500 people, or if you're playing in a backyard for 20 people, right? Yes, mm-hmm. yes. If you came into someone's backyard and 
didn't talk to them, packed up and left. That's that sends a different <laughs> yeah. message. Like it's yeah. a it's a an issue of feasibility when you have 500 people in a room, right? You can't yeah. you can't afford the time to give everyone the same amount of attention. So right, it's a different thing. But I yeah, I get you. I'm I totally agree with you. I think it was something where I had to realize this is a lot different. And yeah. Um, the thing I've always had a hard time with when we're at actual venues or clubs or whatever is when we talk to people afterwards, uh, I talk to them like it is their backyard, you know? And, yeah. and so I will be stuck. I will be talking to someone for like 20 minutes and then somebody from merch or whatever will come over and be like, Hey, like there's like a lot more people here that want to talk yeah. to you. Uh-huh. And I just, I have a hard time. This is my problem, but. I know the things I would say to someone if I was like trying to get rid of them quickly. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. And people come watch us play music. There's not really anyone that I'm like, get the heck out of here, man. I'm ready for right. that. You know? So mm-hmm. this is all things, you know, it's part comes with the job that you have to be able to do. And I, I am only just now getting better at it. So I think yeah. that was nice about the backyard shows is it, kind of let us go back to the early days where there was only like 20 people or or 30 or so after right. the show and so you were you were able to have conversations or um almost ask about their lives a little bit too you know mm-hmm. i don't know it's funny we talk about this cuz then nick and i will get back in the van after like a string of two weeks and we'll be like man i'm just i'm peopled out man yeah. like i really am i and i love people but it can just there's a meter and it fills, you know, everybody has that. And we right. always, we always talk about how, how difficult it was on this house show tour was that the only difficult part about it, I would say, is that at these house shows, it was like their one thing this year. Like, yeah, they, exactly. you know, and they came with bells on and it was a party. It was awesome. We loved it. Right. But for us, it was like, well, we were doing four or five more of those that week. Mm-hmm. And so, like, you know, I know people have a hard time listening to a musician complain about his job, but there's hard things about it. I don't it. think it's the people. I think it. I think it's just the process, right? So, like, at a normal show, you have a crew, we have a team with us, there's people doing a job here and there, everybody's working together, which allows us more time to, like, have more energy for those interactions with people. But I think these shows... I feel like what you're trying to say, correct me if I'm wrong, is that we, it was just you and I rolling in. And so like we were carrying in the gear, you know, you show up at three o'clock in the afternoon, you carry in the gear, you, you do all that, you know, you'd sound check, you'd set up, run the sound, set up the merch, you know, you do the show. Then after that, you'd sell the merch and then you tear it all down and then you drive again. So it's like, you know, your day turns into like a 14 hour day. Which and is you're understandable. Yeah, which is understandable yeah. after five days. You're just like, yeah, you just need a minute to catch your breath. But that's, yeah. this, it also made us really thankful for our team. And like Jake, when you're out with us and the band's with us and just, you know, we have front of house and everything else, it's like, we really, we really understood that a lot more on a different level. It's like, oh man, we can't wait to go back to mm. working with people and like, putting on that show as a team and you roll in together Mm -hmm. and it just made us appreciate everybody that works behind the scenes and 
that we share the stage with and stuff a lot more too. So it was like a, I don't know, it was a weird, just a weird thing. You know, it's just not a normal, mm. normal situation to be in, but it was yeah. good. Uh, I mean, don't get me wrong. That's absolutely true. But it was also a lot of people time. And I don't mean that the people were <laughs> annoying and that I didn't like the people. Maybe I should correct this since most of the people that listen to our podcast are fans of the Talbot Brothers. But it was just that being around people for so long can wear you out. It's not like this guy's annoying. I didn't want to go to wherever, you know, yeah. Sean's well, house in when you're, I love that guy. Especially when you are serving that role at like... There's a difference between being around people like Ty, when you and I hang out or if we're on a drive or something, we don't talk to each other. Exactly. Right. There's like zero obligation to have any conversation, but it's a, it's a very different thing to be around people that you're, you're catching up with and you're being emotional, emotionally vulnerable. And it, I mean, that goes two ways, two ways. Right. So if you're doing that transaction, maybe a hundred times over the course of two or three days, or even in one day, I mean, everyone's different. And it's okay to say that you you don't necessarily recharge around people that yeah. you're not, um, you know, like you and me or like you and your brother or, that's or it. whatever. I, I don't think anyone's going to come after you for saying that's an emotionally <laughs> taxing experience. Yeah, come after you, bro. You're dead. <laughs> I think everybody feels that way about, you yeah. know, spending time with people. And you're right. It's either you recharge with people or you deplete. And it's just the way we're wired either way and yeah um, I always I kind of think of it similar to like if you go to your family reunion like it's a bunch of people that you love but not that you talk to all the time so you spend all day like having these catch-up conversations and that I think everyone can probably relate to being around like their extended family and feeling like they love everyone there but they're super tired at the end of the day yep that's 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 exactly it I I really like doing it and um I definitely want to do it again. I I miss the venue though. I miss putting on the the big show, you know. Mm. It's it's really uh it's really wearing on me the need for that, you know. Do you think do you think this kind of thing will become more common now? I mean, we're lucky and fortunate that things are starting to open back up, right? Venues are starting to become I mean, there's shows coming to Kansas City and stuff um, here that I'm looking forward to. But do you think this sort of house people inviting bands to come play at their house is is a thing that uh, bands will start doing more now that some people have proved that it's a viable thing this last year or so? I mean, maybe. I think there's been kind of an underground movement with it with certain communities. Like there's been people that we've known that have done house shows for years. Um, Sure. The only issue that we've had is a lot of the venues have radius clauses, just meaning that if you're playing in Indianapolis, Indiana, you can't play within like 300 miles of that city. And so we couldn't just go set up in somebody's backyard because they'd have 50 people there and that would pull from the show at the venue downtown, you know? So we just kind of had to say no to basically everybody that was asking us to do them. And so... yeah. When this year hit, we're like, all right, where are all those people at? Like, let's <laughs> right. let's make it happen. And it's really cool because it's just a different type of show. But right. I'm with you, bro. It's like there's something magical when you get into a venue and you have that that experience when the kick drum is 
beating in your mm-hmm. chest and the lights are on and it's just like this you you're standing shoulder to shoulder with people and that that thing is definitely magical and so i think people are really hungry for music in general mm-hmm. so i wouldn't be surprised if if people kept doing these house shows i know we're going to try to do a few more this year um yeah before we really get back into the venues full time but i think it's it's really I don't know. I think it's just an interesting concept. So when artists can do it, you know, I think it's, it is really cool. Yeah. I don't, I think once the time comes, the, uh, the live show at venues experience is going to take off, you know, it's going to explode. I was just wondering, you know, maybe people hadn't thought of it before and it's been proven to be like a positive experience, but yeah. um, Did you guys have any like, expectations that didn't like an expectation versus reality sort of thing with these house shows. Mm -hmm. Did you go into it expecting something and it turned out to be completely different or, or not? That's a good Mm -hmm. question. That was something that someone on Instagram wanted you guys to answer. So I felt like I needed to work it in. Yeah, that's a good one. I don't know. For me, it, it was mostly as expected. Like I can't really say there's, um, Honestly, no. I Every time we showed up to one, if we knew just a little bit of background on where it was going to be, it made sense. I will say I was blown away by some of the setups that people had. And mm. uh, that being said, it was so cool because one night you might have someone who hired someone to run sound. And then right. the next night you play in a little garage, like out in a forest. You know what I mean? With the... Yeah. Doors open and all that. And it was like, you know, it was cool because it was uh, always changing in that way. But I never was like, oh, no, or um, (laughs) (laughs) like I'd say any other, almost every other time I was like, wow, this is really cool the way people were able to put this together, you know. Nice. And without really knowing, most people, no experience. Um, you know, we did some shows with people that do house shows regularly, mm-hmm. but, but a lot of them were people that just wanted, wanted us in their backyard, you know? And right. it was, it was really fun to just kind of like feel out what they wanted and, and they were feeling out what we normally do. You know, we got a lot of that question, like, well, what do you guys normally, and we're like, well, you know. You have There's to come usually find about a hundred more <laughs> bottles of champagne, but I guess this yeah. will work. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, it was no, it was really hospitality. Awesome. Yeah, like the hospitality was really amazing. Like people were really generous, and everybody was still really cautious, and like people were super respectful. Um, Good. I think you know, like like Ty said, I agree. I I honestly don't. I wouldn't have changed a thing about it. It it was. An incredible thing to have people support you know support a band who's been essentially off the road for over a year you know for mm-hmm. them to be able to put that together and have people come out and just make make it work was super generous and I just we were really grateful that we were able to do them and um yeah next time hopefully we will get all green M&Ms backstage, but uh, we'll see. Yeah. Yeah. How dare you? I mean, you put it on your rider, right? Yeah. 
Come on. Did they not request a rider for you? Oh, maybe that was a problem. Yeah, <laughs> man. Well, now they know. Now they know. Right. Well, that's good. I'm glad that, um, you know, it was a good experience, that everything went well. I know it was a, it was a ton of work. I mean, you guys did like a whole tour in a, a few weeks. Usually it's a little bit more spread out, but yeah. yeah. It was a lot. Uh, it, it was. We did end up with a lot of chips and salsa. <laughs> yeah. Which, we that's got, not a bad problem to have. No, it's awesome. It was great. A lot of chips and salsa. A lot of whiskey. <laughs> yeah, we started yeah. down in Florida and made our way back out to Portland. And so it took, yeah, it did take some travel time, but we also saw a lot of cool scenery. So, yeah, we missed it. Nice. Um, so, I mean, you guys worked, obviously, but what else have we been up to? Was there anything yeah. fun that <laughs> happened? It's kind of, it's weird to talk about, like, to ask if you got any downtime, considering yeah. the last year has been like downtime. But right. um, I feel like we did we did all collectively. That's kind of why we took the extra few weeks off the podcast was to take some um, collective downtime, which I think is important. Yeah. yeah. Um, did you guys do anything fun there? Mm, played some video games. Uh, <laughs> my family and I have been traveling around um, in the Airstream still. So nice. I'm starting to learn this this old gal like the back of my hand, I think. So yeah, it's been fun. Just even little things like trying to figure out how to, um, you know, cook on the stove that's in here. It runs a little hotter than than <laughs> right your normal house stove. Um, but it's really been great. We've been to some really pretty places, and it was cool because there was a couple times we'd intersect on the road and with Talbot Brothers stuff. So uh-huh. we would we would catch up in um, Arizona or whatever, and uh, mm-hmm. um, you know, Jake, you and I spent some time together in Scottsdale, yeah. which was awesome. So yeah, um, dude, that was that that trip was much needed. Yes, just from I, from my perspective, like I. I essentially hadn't taken any real time off from work for like two years. I realized because mm-hmm. um, anytime that I take time off, it's usually to go like play a show or do studio stuff or yep. like see my family or, or or anything like that. Which all things I love to do, but there's something about like a pure vacation where the time is a hundred percent for you, you know, and yes. um, all you're doing is relaxing. I had a conversation with one of my buddies yesterday. Um, it's kind of funny because like when I was telling people that we were going to Scottsdale for vacation, uh, they'd be like, oh, are you really into golf? Because it's a big <laughs> golf city. And I'm like, no, they I did talk golf. about like, that a lot there. They're they? like, oh, so you're going to go hike and like do outdoorsy stuff? I'm like, no, I'm not going to do any of that. And they're like, oh, I don't understand. Why are you going? Because everyone I talk to <laughs> are really in like any trip they take is, you know, outdoorsy or golf or something related. Um, And I had to explain to them, like, to me, there's a very big difference between a trip and a vacation where like, if I'm going on a trip, I'm going to do more of the experiential, like see the town, see the culture, this kind Mm. of thing. But if I'm going on vacation, dude, I am sitting by the pool and I'm drinking <laughs> yeah. all day yeah. and I'm not thinking about any sort of plans or logistics. So that was, know. that was much needed for me. It was awesome. Nick and I, it reminded me a lot of um, when Nick and I played a wedding in Mexico once um, <laughs> and we just drank mojitos the whole time we were there. It was like warm weather and stuff is kind of usually the only time I switch to like clear 
clear alcohol, which I yeah. found out I really like Tom Collins, which I didn't even know was yeah. a drink until we talked yeah, about it do. in Scottsdale. <laughs> I do, yeah. Mm-hmm. I just made a picture of it every day at 12.01, so. Yep, as um, soon as it was drinking a clock, we made a Tom Collins. <laughs> Switched from coffee. But yeah, Nick and I we went to Mexico and we we had those mojitos the whole time, you know. It's just, I don't know, There's some, you're exactly right. There's something about when you don't actually have to work, you know. Even then, Nick and I were, you know, consider that work playing a wedding and Right. Even though it was a lot of fun and those people were great. Um, it was a long time ago now, it seems, but you're still working, you know, even t- so the last two days, um, you know, we were in uh, California we're going to see my brother-in-law. We're, we're actually here right now. We're at Camp Pendleton uh, base, which has nothing to do with the whiskey, by the way. I didn't know. Uh, I was going to ask, are they like, do they have just a bunch of I was hoping they were just like, up? wheel it out <laughs> on carts. Um, but, you know, the last couple of days, uh, we've been done with shows, but, um, you know, around in my family, we've been like, we still have so much to do. Um, mm-hmm. And and it's, it's, a, it's a weird thing because you're exactly right. Even when, you know, Jake, I've sent you both pictures of, of the of where we were staying and stuff. Um, but it's a weird thing because it's not the same as a vacation. And I'm finally starting to understand people that work on the road, you know, how different the lifestyle is. Um, I was so used to having the house or whatever. So I'd come home from tour and yes, I was, working but it felt more natural to me because i had like my office space and um now i'm in this 26 foot long camper essentially and Mm -hmm. there's basically the time working has to be coordinated like who's going to be working at what time and what area and where we don't have it completely set up how we want to yet it's not like predefined every time so I'm right. uh, I'm obviously in a different spot than I would normally be recording the podcast, but that's because everyone outside, family and everyone, is sitting around the fire drinking mm. on that side of the airstream. So you can See. hear it from the inside. I also have helicopters and airplanes flying over me since I'm on a military base, but... Um, yeah, that's all right. We'll forgive them for that. It's all these little things, you know. Uh, you, you're exactly right. Vacation is so important, and... Nick and I always had this quote, um, have a life that you don't need a vacation from. But I've I've started to kind of realize uh, I'm always going to want a vacation. I right. mean, I'm living on the road. This is some people's Instagram dream right now. You know what I mean? Right. But I tell you, it's not, it's not what it looks like. It's not two yeah. pairs of socks with the pretty view looking with the doors open in the back. You know what I mean? And right. lots of times... I'll be completely honest in those pictures. There's seven or eight campers on each side of you when they take mm. that picture, you know? So it, it, yeah. the the idea that you can just go plop down somewhere in the middle of nowhere, there's no way. You know how fast they come over and write you a ticket because you're, I'll <laughs> tell you how fast, very quickly. You can't yeah. just park anywhere you want in the U.S., you know what I They're mean? They're just waiting for you everywhere. Yeah, Uncle Sam's got to get his collections on you, you know? So I've, right. oh, I've yeah. really enjoyed it. Even the RV parks where it's, you know, tiny little, little campers all next to each other. And, um, it's, it's really been 
kind of freeing in a way. And yeah, for my mind, I I enjoy the scenery changing as long as my spot or my place that I do my work stays the same. Yeah. So that has yeah. been that has been really nice That's for me. Cool. I'm, I'm looking at the same walls, same windows, um, but outside is something different. So when I leave my work time. I'm in a new place. So that's kind of what I've seen. It's, it's really made things a lot better for me. I've, I feel more compelled to work. Hmm. Um, it's like if you were in your house and there was just like a, a moving, a moving <laughs> picture behind it almost, you know, it's just always changing. It's, it's good. It's probably exactly like that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. A lot of times. <laughs> I want to go, I want to go back to what you said just because I think it'll be interesting that's that idea of, you know, living your life such that you'll never have to take a vacation or something. Is that, is that even possible? You think, does that life exist? I, mean, I think it depends what you call work. You know, like I think if you love what you're doing, you know, they say, if you love what you do, you never work a day in your life. Well, I think you still bullshit. work. Yeah, you still work even <laughs> if you love it, man. It's still a grind. There's still parts of your job that are tough and challenging, even at the end of the day. If you know, I think the misconception of being a musician was kind of skewed by, you know, back in, in the day when it was all about sex, drugs, and rock and roll. Mm-hmm. Like there's this is a business that you that we operate and we're right treating it as such. You know, there's emails, phone calls, meetings, a uh, team to manage and things to to budget and it's you're you're essentially doing all that stuff still too but when you're on stage and and the lights are bright like that's the payoff and i think that's what people see right people see the socks in front of the mountain tops on instagram and that's okay like that's that's okay with us our job is to be that escape but for other people who do different careers who might love what they do i just I don't know that there is such thing as work without work, you know, like, right. You, you will need rest at some point and however, however you get that, whatever form it comes in is the key, I think, you know, and, and it is cool to be able to have the office, um, in a skyscraper in downtown and some mm. people don't want that. So they work from the road yeah. and, and I think it's just whatever your cup of tea is, but I, I, yeah. I love what I do, man, but it's definitely a grind still. So, and you still need that's a vacation. That's my answer, right? Yeah. I, yeah. Like, I, <laughs> yeah. I think, yeah. I don't know. I I've so. been, for some reason, the last couple months or whatever, I've been thinking a lot about these sorts of ideals or things that I thought life would be, right? for some reason I've always had this idea of like, yeah, I need to find this job or this life where I feel like I'm on vacation all the time, you know? Mm -hmm. And I, I just feel like that's, that's one of those like chasing the sunset kind of things. Like Mm -hmm. if you, if you think that exists, you might never be satisfied with where you're at. Yeah. I kind of feel like, I kind of feel like a life without contrast always is bleak. Yeah. So like if you're, if you're living, if your life is, you're constantly on vacation, like, your sole purpose in life is to sit by a pool and mm-hmm. drink mojitos. At a certain point, I feel like that be that would bore me. Yeah. Like I would 
feel like, okay, what, what else can I do? Maybe it's just because my, my brain is active, but yes, man, I just kind of feel like without the ups and downs or without, you know, the work and the rest, Mm -hmm. something will always become monotonous and mundane. Mm, At least that's that's what I'm, what I'm telling myself because I can't live on like on the pool, (laughs) live at the pool every day. Yeah. Well, you know, work and rest. That's really interesting the way you said that. The work and the rest almost is sticking with me because I think I've said it before on the pod, but Anthony Bourdain, that guy who used to travel around other countries and stuff and eat their cuisine, and yeah. um, he had that quote that said, um, "In every day I go to war with the guy inside of me that just wants to smoke weed and watch old movies all day. Yeah. And yeah, maybe you can correct me on that quote or someone will, but I am that guy. Not necessarily the weed, uh, but the uh, there is someone in me every morning. For example, this yesterday, I woke up, went for my run, took the dog for a walk, got to work, wrote, um, did did everything that I needed to do that day. But this morning, I woke up and I slept in a little bit later and I had a hard time getting up. Well, then it was time to go from where we were staying. So instead of doing what I needed to do, instead of running, instead of working, instead of taking the dog for mm-hmm. a walk, I had to pack up. And then what does that do to my whole day? It just spirals it all right. out of control, you know. But you that's so... I think that's so cool to think about, you know, the guy, like Nick said, up in the skyscraper with his office. There, That guy, there is a guy or a woman or whatever you are that looks forward to going to that office every day and yeah. having that structure. Same view. You get to coffee in the same place. You see the same people on break at the same times. And then there's another guy that's like, I can't do that. I need the the spontaneity of it almost, you know? Right. And we're all kind of like ant farm pouring into the big thing. You know what I mean? Like we're, we still need the musicians and the artists that are traveling around and doing it a little bit wonky. But we also, I need the guy that makes the components for the MacBook to show up to work every day. You know what I mean? I have to have him. And we all like pour back into each other. Maybe he listens to music while he's working. You know, I'm always probably not, about dude. That. They cr- they cracked yeah. the whip pretty hard at, at the Apple factory. Oh yeah, you can't. <laughs> no music. You can't even have earbuds. <laughs> no Apple music. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's really interesting to think about. That the work and the rest. That's mm. the name of this episode, I think. But it's ah, it's really okay. it's really cool. You know what I mean? I, I it's so important to have both. You can't just be the guy that sits by the pool all day. Well, well, maybe. Well, and yeah. I, as you were talking, I thought of the example of like, okay, what about these, the professional hot girls that that's all they do and they post hot pictures on Instagram. But I think even at that level, like it's another one of those, you see the picture, but they're thinking about what do I need to post today or like figuring out how to be successful on Instagram, which mm. is a monster in and of itself. So it's even, even them, even they are probably not just living this constant paradise. I, I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to convince myself, I guess, that that life doesn't exist. Like, yeah. there's always there's always a work component, and there's maybe lives of like freedom where you can choose what your schedule is, or you can choose to prioritize things that are important to you. But at the end of the day, 
Um, if you're just sitting by the pool all day, every day for the rest of your life, um, you might not be contributing anything. It might be a, a bleak existence. Yeah. I will yeah. say that's one thing I thought about a lot when we were on tour was I think most of the time when we're on the road at the venues and clubs, for me personally, just me, I can tend to get kind of inwardly focused and say, well, I, I have something that I am giving to these people. This is why right. they're here. I need to get this off my chest and they need that. But, mm -hmm. you know, the house show thing really was like, oh man, I needed this too. Like I just needed to be around a, a small group of people. I yeah. needed like a, I needed like essentially what we've been missing for a long time, you know, Yeah. because of the the unnamed thing. And it finally feels like there's a, a light at the end of the tunnel and that we might be able to get back to it. But I wonder, Jake, how you felt because I wonder what the future of your workday looks like now that, th that things are kind of, what do you guys want to say, opening up or whatever? Yeah, do you get to stay saying? home and do you have to go to the office? Or? Uh, we're, so I mean, basically since everything shut down, I've been able to go to and from depending on what I'm working on, right? Um, so that is still the status quo, but uh, in September, the plan is to have everyone back in the office full time with the, with the caveat that we can work two days from home a week if we want to or whatever. Hmm. Um, well, you think I'm still, I mean, me being me, I'm kind of trying to game the system. Like in my head, two days is 16 work hours. So can I split that into four hours for four days mm. and like do four days mornings yep. at home afternoons and, or, or whatever. So, um, I'm going to try to pull some strings and see what I can get away with because I, I, there's just something about them telling me like you can only do it two days from home. And I know that I could actually do it more than that. I mean like the whole past year and a half or so now, I feel like we've all proved that it's a hundred percent possible to work from home. And Does it affect your workload at all? I don't. Or, uh, or your output, I mean. My perception of my output is not any different. Right? Yeah. And uh, I have trusted the fact that if someone had seen an issue with my performance, they would have brought that up to me by now. You know, I, I always kind of get in this mindset of the imposter syndrome thing. Like, oh, well, I'm actually doing a really terrible job. They just haven't realized it yet. But... <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I've been working there long enough and I have been doing enough projects to where like that just logically is not true. So, mm. um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I have been pretty vocal kind of everywhere to my friends and also coworkers and my managers that I really do prefer the work from home, mm -hmm. but like the freedom to choose, um, Hey, today there's no reason for me to be in the office based on what I have to do. So I'm just going to do it from home because I, you know, have, um, you know, some other stuff that I, um, would like to do from home or I just don't want to commute or, you know, mm. whatever the reason is. I, I think it's a reasonable request to, and I, and I'm glad that they at least are saying like, if, if you have two days, you, I mean, you can work from home two days or whatever. Yeah. That's, that's at least like an olive branch, you know, pretty amazing. So how can you just describe like a, a zoom call for us for your work, you know, like a was meeting, it, a zoom yeah, meeting. 
Yeah, was it frustrating? Like, is that something that you feel like you're going to have to go back in for? Um, so it's, that's an interesting question because I feel like that's the biggest reason why I wouldn't need to go in. People mm. will always try to argue that you need to be in person for meetings. I think that's not true. Right. Um, and the reason is, so for, we have these large project meetings, right? Where all the engineering staff, like, um, everyone that's involved on the project is in this big meeting. Typically, before the unnamed thing, that would require booking a giant conference room where like 15 or 20 or so people would sit around this big table during this meeting. Um, naturally, multiple groups like interact with each other more than others. So I would give my mechanical engineering update that week. I would talk for maybe five minutes but a lot of like the high level software stuff, the marketing stuff, like a lot of that, I don't really need to be super engaged for, but the meeting is an hour long. Mm -hmm. So I had to be in this conference room for an hour, but I only really contributed for maybe 15, 20 minutes of information that was relevant to me or to other people that were in that meeting. So, um, you know, sometimes you'll take your laptop and you'll kind of work during those times, but that's still distracting to other people in the meeting. And there's only so much you can do uh, with a laptop, like not plugged into your monitors and, and stuff like yes. that. So um, the, what, we've, what I've been doing now, doing these Zoom calls is I would, you know, I'm attentive and everything for the time that I need to be. And I'm passively listening just like I normally would be if I was in the conference room, right? But the difference is I can put myself on mute and work on whatever I need to work on for the remainder of the hour. Mm -hmm. So that's, to me, one example of like just kind of time that gets wasted. Um, but yeah. yeah, in general, like the Zoom meeting thing, it's not ideal depending on what how the meeting is set up and... The most frustrating part for me has been the fact that we've been doing this for a year and a half and so many people still don't know how to do it. Like there's right. still people that don't use headphones. So you get feedback through their computers or you hear like their mm -hmm. computer fans going. There's people that don't use like a headset microphone so you can't hear them and they're like low talkers. So kind of like interesting mic on, mic on their laptop doesn't pick it up. Yeah, you'd company. think, you'd think, <laughs> and like you can go to IT and get a headset for free. So it's just, it's <laughs> yeah. just a matter of people not wanting to go do it. Yeah. Um, so that's really, that kind of stuff is, is the most frustrating, just like the kind of technical difficulties, but me being a young person that, and just a, someone that has a good understanding on how all that stuff works, it's harder for me to, to tolerate it than probably is for most other people. But yeah, sure. That makes sense. Man, that's uh, that would be such a hard thing to to try and gauge because well, you you're used to doing. I I kind of remember you you know you never gave me any details. You can't or else you have to kill me. But um, yeah, you know you told me you had meetings how many times a week in person? You know before twenty twenty. <laughs> yeah, I mean it, it just depends on what you're working on. Like a a typical week for someone like me, I'll maybe have one or two meetings a day. Oh wow! So. I mean, oh, it, that's it, more than I thought. There are some days where I don't have any, so I'm just kind of doing the average, right? But um, yeah, and when you're in the office, that requires you to like unplug your laptop, walk to the conference room, you know, do the meeting, come back, plug your laptop back in. So there's a lot of time spent like in transition 
which mentally can be a good thing. But also if you have, there had been days where I'd have like three or four meetings in one day. And when you're doing them in person, your entire day is just dedicated mostly to going to and from meetings. Because if they're all spread out, like even an hour apart, the time it takes you, like it sounds insignificant, but the time it takes you to plug your computer back in, wait for everything to boot back up, um, get your programs pulled up. Like when we run our 3D modeling program, some of that stuff can take like five or 10 minutes to load itself. And then you're like, well, I have this, I have this meeting and 15 minutes. So I got to like kind of undo all that and then go to the meeting. So, man, that's, um, that's a lot. Yeah. You don't ever really think about, yeah, how you have to sort of, uh, unplug from one ecosystem and plug into another one for, right. Plus you have to wear pants at the meetings, you know, exactly. Yeah. (laughs) Like I, I do my Zoom meetings with my shirt off and they tell me (laughs) every day to put my shirt on, but they haven't fired me yet. So Oh, that's hilarious. Kidding. But yeah, so that, I mean, there's your, something to that too. Like um, this, this might only be uh, interesting to me. But what's the setup like at home compared to your setup at work? I mean, like on your desk at work, what's it look like compared to? Um, yeah. So I was very proactive from the beginning of setting up a really good work setup from home because I knew I'm just the kind of person that if I feel like my workspace is kind of just shittily put together, I'm not going to be inspired to work at all. So I needed to have something nice set up. So at home, I've got my laptop dock, um, my laptop, and then two pretty big monitors. So it's, Mm -hmm. it's fine. Um, it's a good spot. But then at work we have standing desks, which are super nice. We can sit stand if we need to. And then I have, I have three monitors at the office and then a laptop dock. So I tried to make it as wow. similar as possible. So I wasn't like the, I have two identical docks at the office and at home. So I don't, it's not like I have to reconfigure my laptop if I go to and from, right. which has been nice. But um, I'm pretty much the only person that's done that, that I know of. There were most of the other people that I talked to, they just took their monitors from the office home. Oh. So like when they go into the office, then they're in this, bad position where they're just like hunched over their laptop working which is stupid because you're in the office you'd think that would be the more productive workspace right so is it really most of the work is done off of your laptop you said you had that docking station so you're you're plugging your laptop in at work you don't have like a Mm -hmm. a desktop correct yeah we used to wow i didn't even know back in the back in the day like when i was an intern they had all desktop towers right Um, but when I started full time, they had all transitioned over to laptops, which is better because it, it allows you to work from home if you, and they were, the good part about my company is they were very clear when they did that, that it didn't mean the expectation was that you were going to take your laptop home and work at night. It was just for the added flexibility for meetings. And, you know, if you're going out of town and need to check email and that kind of thing. So, so you guys were kind of better. Almost in a way, you were set up to try to transition into this like couple days at home at least work week. Yeah, you know, yeah. wow, that's really interesting. I so those things must be pretty powerful then if they're able to run those programs you guys use at at work and you're plugged into all those monitors and yeah, they they have their quirks. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I mean they're basic in a lot of ways. You mean? I mean, they're really power. They're like uh, workstation level laptops. Like they're, mm. 
um, I don't know, they're like $1,500 laptops. They're not cheap. Yeah. They're definitely set up to be productivity centered, but yeah. um, there are certain things that happen when you configure a fleet of computers to work on a commercial scale, like it, you yeah. know, um, what, what's the actual word? I don't know, just, just like a ton of people using them. Enterprise, mm-hmm. I guess, is what it, what it would be called. Um, yeah. So we have all this, you know, security software and all this kind of stuff that kind of bogs them down a little bit. And, mm-hmm. you know, they have to be able to check in on you to make sure you're not watching YouTube for too long. So, yeah. you know, they're always <laughs> watching. They don't do that. But oh, um, that's that's really but there's a lot. Of, there are a lot of quirks, but they they do work really well for what we need them to do. So there's a it's interesting. You know, I always think about how your day job you know because you owe the second half or maybe 51 percent of your soul to the Talbot brothers but um (laughs) yeah i always think of the correlations between what you do and what we do there's there's so much of it and and uh the kind of stuff that we have in our backpacks to be able to make music on the road and you know even Mm. doing the pods and stuff you know it's uh it's important and I, i it was Brother, you remember the other day we talked to our guy with uh, Rock Two Coffee. We we play a show at his house. Um, it once a year or maybe a little less, but he said he had a family, um, a family member that was in uh, Garmin cybersecurity. Oh wow! So yeah, I I have to ask him his name again. I won't say it on the podcast. I wouldn't say it on the podcast. Anyways, I also but- guarantee you, I don't know him. Yeah, he People doesn't always exist, do this. They're right? like, oh, do you, do you know uh, my cousin's well, friend that works there? And I'm like, there, there's like 4,000 people exactly. there. Exactly. I, I, I know. know you, you think he's like, he was like, well, he works in Kansas City. And I was like, well, we also met three guys on an airplane one time that yeah. uh, worked at Garmin in Kansas City. And Jake didn't know who they were. And yeah, they there's a lot of people. I mean, so. I always give them, I don't make them feel dumb for it, but I just, yeah. I never know the people. So, mm-hmm. yeah, well, we wouldn't know this guy's name anyways, because he probably just lives in yeah, between walls or something. <laughs> <laughs> Man, that's really cool. I'm glad to hear that it's possible that you might be, um, I hope that works out that you're able to, that they see that your productivity is still just as high and that yeah. you can, and stay home, you know, cause I'm sure even there's that commute probably wears on you a little bit, you know, I know it's not crazy yeah. far, but. Just no, yeah, traffic. and I, it's this. I can't decide if it's like an actual just millennial thing in me that I just don't want to commute because everyone, everyone in the world has to commute, right? So a right. lot of people will just tell you to stop being stupid, but it's yeah. kind of one of those things <laughs> that you never you never think about until you don't have to do it anymore, and you realize, oh, that actually caused a lot of it took up a lot of my bandwidth every day. Like mm. I spent twenty five to thirty minutes in traffic bookending a day of work right so some days it was a good like mental break or a way for me to get prepared for the day but other times i would get cut off in traffic and it would completely ruin my day right so even just being able to do a few hours at home in the morning offset my commute to a time that's not rush hour you know or being able to work from home and then go to the gym over lunch across the street from my apartment and then go to the Mm -hmm. office that kind of stuff like being able to schedule out my day in sort of a a personalized manner that to a way that I know maximizes my personal productivity 
mm. seems like the ideal situation for me. Granted, like I know that's not always possible because you have meetings or you have whatever and you can work around that kind of thing. But um, the, my brain is so compartmentalized just by nature. So for me, it's been kind of a, uh, a boost in productivity for me to know there are things that I, I don't need to be in the office to work on. So I'm going to knock all that stuff out while I'm home so that mm-hmm. when I'm in the office, I, can, I only need to focus on the stuff that I can only do there. Mm-hmm. Whereas when I was working in the office full time, I kind of was scatterbrained. Like I would see something on my desk that I needed to take care of and it would pull me away from whatever I was working on in the moment. And I felt like I just had this unending list of tasks because it was all mm-hmm. in the same place. So yeah. I know not everyone is like that. Like the majority of people are not like that. But for me, because I am like uh, insane, that's how my brain works. So, yeah, the separation is nice. I I worked at um, when I used to work at Enterprise in Nebraska. Um, I gave a ride to a gal I picked up at the airport, and she said she was in town for work for like three days of that, and then. She said she worked remotely the rest of the time. And I was like, oh, man, that's killer. Like, that's a sweet gig. I I would love that. And she was like, I hate it. (laughs) I hate it so much. I just, I want to be at the office. And I just want to have all my stuff where I know it's at. And they have me at home and on the road. And I was like, wow, this is weird. Because I met someone today in this car that is basically the opposite of how I would be right. if I worked for a corporation or something, you know? And right. it, it's just, it's really weird. You know, I, I, I wake up every day being like, wow, I'm so thankful I'm on the road and can do this. And there's some people that wake up uh, at a hotel, which I love hotels, by the way. If anyone yeah. ever wanted to give Good me a ones. birthday present, yeah, exactly. If you just buy me a hotel room with like, just a hotel room. I'm not kidding you. When I was a kid, my parents would take me on birthday trips. You know what we did? Stay in a hotel. Went to a, a hotel. Yeah. Yep. That's all we did. And it was so fun. But I totally get it. There's people that need the everyday structure. And it sounds to me, Jake, like you're kind of hybriding it a little bit, which is really interesting to think about, especially yeah. when Nick and I are just, you know, essentially everything is remote right now. You know, we... Uh, right. Yeah, so. I mean, I, I see the value in both ways. Like, I, a lot of times I'll make, I'll try to make these points to people at work and they're so like corporate minded ingrained that this is the, this is the way we're going back to the office because that's the proven method, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And when I'm talking to them, it kind of comes off as if I'm this like, um, just completely contrarian, don't want to be around anyone, like just want to work from home in my my underwear kind of guy, which is mm-hmm. not true. Like I definitely understand that there's reasons to be there and there's value to it, but I also think there's a lot of value the other way. So um, I just think the ideal is being able to let people decide what, what is best for them. But there are yeah. also people that don't know what is best for them and they can't be trusted. And um, sometimes the the benefits don't, outweigh the cons so you know yeah i don't get paid enough to make these decisions thank god so it'll be good but yeah all right guys well we're coming up on one hour here i suppose we should keep true to form and keep these you know around an hour so 
People yeah. don't get bored of us too quickly. It was fun <laughs> hanging out again. Should we try to stay under the 60-minute mark for this whole season? It's, there's no way. Nah. Yeah. No, I don't, I don't like restrictions, but... Let's type in special two-hour episode sometime. Yeah, we could do that. We might <laughs> yeah, be due for one fun. of those, but... Man, I says this was fun. I'm I'm hope people um were looking forward to these conversations as much as I have been, you know. It's yeah. it's been it's been weird to not talk to you guys like this, but like we've been talking about, you need rest from everything, even the good stuff, you know. You don't can't have too much of a good thing. Right. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um when is your guys Indiegogo done? Oh yeah, so uh, Indiegogo is done June eleventh. <laughs> oh, <yeah. 11th. laughs> okay. Well, you you were talking to us about things that we've done during the downtime, and I forgot we we launched that campaign. It's really cool to see all the support. But yeah, June eleventh, uh, I think's the yeah. last day for it. Yeah, I wanted to give you guys a chance to talk about that if you wanted to. I I literally just remembered. <laughs> no, no, it's, it's all fine. good, man. It, we we launched it, and it's thirty days. You know, in thirty days, you meet your goal. Uh, we set mm-hmm. the goal for thirty five thousand. That way we could cover all the expenses for the studio and the album and, you know, print and vinyl and um, everything that goes into it. And in 48 hours, we met the goal. And so we decided, why don't we just make another album? And so we're re-recording, as you know, Jake, Mm -hmm. re-recording some old songs. And we're going to release that ahead of the new record. So it'll be really cool. And, uh, yeah, man, it's been, reminds you how appreciative and grateful you can be for people that step up. So for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, just because you met your goal, people can still contribute, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, We're kind of treating it as a pre-order, you know, um, if you contribute, you get it early, get, get a song early, get some merchandise early, uh, get the vinyl early. CD, all that jazz. So sweet, mm-hmm. cool. Yeah, we'll be man. sure to link it in the notes. Uh, I'm sure everyone that's yep. listening to this already knows about it, but just in case, hope so. <laughs> cool. All right, guys. Well, this was fun. Glad we got to knock the dust off. Um, thanks everyone yeah. for listening. We're glad to have you back. We're glad to have you back in our mm-hmm. our respective uh, recording little office studio spaces that we have here. Um, <laughs> Be sure to hit us up on Instagram at Similar Vein Podcast and uh, let us know some things you might want to hear more of this season uh, for these upcoming episodes. And uh, until next time, we'll see y'all. See, see you guys. guys.